Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Line toward left center. Tap on the run. Still going. Ball's gone. Another leadoff home run for Newbar. He is on after two innings. He'll face the top of the Cardinals order and Lars Newtbar, who homered to get things started. Deep to right field, Smith and Jigba says goodbye. Pepper grinder time. Newtbar with a lightning bolt ties this game. Those calls from Chip Carey on Valley Sports during the season with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and we do welcome to the celebrity line Cardinals outfielder Lars Newtbar. Newt, good to have you with us on 101 ESPN, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate that intro. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, Lars, thank you so much for coming on. As you know, I of course, I've told you this season that I've been spearheading your fan club here in St. Louis, the Nutty Neuters of Newt Nation, as you know. Um, but your fan club has gone international this season after playing for Team Japan. It felt like it just was like light speed, especially when you look at Instagram. You went from like, what, 30,000 followers to over a million. What has that been like for you? That whole, I guess, two to three weeks of that WBC, um, that was pretty crazy. But the best part about it was, like you said, like my, um, I guess, like my social media was was going so crazy that it kind of made me um, get off of social media and get off my phone. So honestly, it was uh, it was nice and kind of relaxing because I wasn't really checking or updating or, or anything on my phone. So, um, but after the fact, with everything. That- was uh, pretty hectic. Lars, you're, you finished up your third season. You had the WBC last season. You all made the playoffs. This season wasn't as great of a year. What have you mm-hmm. learned in that year span about yourself and, and what you need to do going forward? Yeah, I, th- I think a lot. Um, I, you know, obviously individually, you know, um, you know, faced some, some injuries and stuff this year. But I think also as a team and, and as a member of the, the Cardinals, I think you can't, you can't take winning for granted and you can't take success for granted. I think, uh, you know, I think the St. Louis community is, is, has been, uh, you know, used to just winning. And I think we, we, as, we as the athletes, you know, we felt the same way. But I think, um, you know, you, you understand after this season that you got to put in the work and no matter if you have the Cardinals and the birds on the bat across your chest that, um, you know, you can't take anything for granted. And, and so, um, you know, we as the players need to go out there and starting, in, you know, starting this offseason, going into the spring, realize that, you know, nothing's going to be handed to us. And, you know, we got to go out and put our best foot forward. Lars, kind of off of that, what was the feeling in the clubhouse at the end of the season there? And what was the message from Ali Marmol about things moving forward? Yeah, I think it was just, it was mainly, obviously, you know, disappointment, you know, amongst the players, you know, that we, we didn't, we didn't do what we wanted to do. Um, it was, it was unfortunately kind of, uh, um, kind of foreseen for, for, you know, about a month prior. So, you know, you could kind of, you know, get to that point, obviously at the end of the season and understand where we're going to be. But, um, yeah, with Ollie, it was just, you know, the message was, listen, this is unacceptable. And, uh, you know, we're not, this isn't who we are. And next year, we better come in with a mindset that, you know, we're going to win and, um, you know, that, that this is this is kind of a fluke of a season and, and we're going to come in and, and be ready and expect to win. And, and, you know, he was kind of saying that. And I think we as players, you know, kind of understood that. And he, he wanted to make sure that he was 
getting to is that this isn't who we are and, and next year is going to be a completely different story. Lars, we as players generally put the, the onus on ourselves to play better when things aren't going well. So what would you put your – could you could put your finger on one thing or, or a few things. What do you think went wrong this season for you all? Yeah, I mean, I can't speak on behalf of everybody, but for me, I just think I, I – you know, personally, I think I disappointed a lot of people in, in that, you know, I spent some time on the IL and, and wasn't, you know, available all the time. And, um, you know, when I was playing, I just didn't feel like I, I was – you know, able. You know, there was a small stretch there where I felt like I was playing all right, but you know, I just feel like I didn't play up to you know what, what what my standards were, and you know, so I feel like personally, I know that there's a lot of things that I got to work on this off season. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm excited for it because I'm coming into this off season knowing that that next year is going to be a much better player. But you know, I can't really say exactly. I, I think uh, from the start it was kind of tough, you know, and then we didn't we didn't really build any momentum like we wanted to but you know again I can't speak on behalf of the whole team it's just me I know me personally I was disappointed with myself one thing about you personally though Lars is not that you ever figure it out in baseball right but it seems like things kind of clicked for you in July and August you have a 969 OPS in July and then before you get hurt in August you have a 984 what was the difference there what had you quote unquote figured out yeah I think uh I think a lot of consistency, you know, with my at-bats and stuff like that, that was right at the all-star break, too. So I went home and, and worked on a few things, which was nice. Um, same thing with the year before. I go into those all-star breaks and try to take advantage of that time off. But, um, uh, yeah, I, th- I think at that point, you know, I'd come back from my thumb and my back or whatever, and so I was kind of having consistent at-bats and being able to implement things during the games that, you know, that I wanted to. But, um, unfortunately, like you said, you know, it, I kind of had a well, – contact injury there that kind of slowed me down a little bit but um but yeah i mean i think i think the all-star break is always a big one for me uh, who who came up with that phrase for that injury <laughs> i was gonna ask that, that was a, that's a great name for it <laughs> what did you say for the injury yeah yeah, yeah that's just one that thought of on this on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> that was one every male Cardinal fan when you did that said, Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say every every man could could relate to that. Everybody. <laughs> well Lars, I wanted to ask you about there will be some Japanese players making the move over to Major League Baseball this coming season. Two of the big names that everybody is watching right now will be Yoshi Yamamoto and Shota Imanaga. And I know that you have played with them obviously in the WBC. What can you say about them, and is there anybody that you could kind of compare them to currently in Major League Baseball? Put me on the spot here. Imanaga. Uh, I mean, I, actually, both both players. I guess everybody you know here was able to see them because you know because of the WBC, which is really cool. Um, Imanaga is obviously left-handed, and, and you know he's kind of a. I, I don't. I don't really know. I mean, they're both like command guys with plus stuff. I would say. Um, I just saw Yoshinobu just won the uh, triple crown over there in Japan. He won, I think, you know, the ERA strikeouts and wins, and I think he also had the highest winning percentage too. Um, that's my boy. I was talking, I was talking to him a little bit yesterday. Uh, that's that's my guy. So, uh, but no, I mean, these guys are these guys are both you know extremely talented and extremely you know nasty pitchers, and so I'm just excited. I want to see. Uh, I want to see. Um, you know who, where they land, and you know what they get, and you know everything like that. I'm 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 a fan just like everybody, but um, I truly believe those are two arms that that could 
come in and help a, a major league team right away. Lars, have you told uh, Yoshi about that we have a free zoo here in St. Louis and T-Rabs <laughs> and Emo's Pizza and a lot of other great things here in St. Louis? I know. I told him about the toasted ravioli. I said, oh, we got, you know, depending on where you are, you know, there's good food and walking distance everywhere. Uh, you know, chewing just like Japan gets to. So, you know, I'm trying to do my thing for the St. Louis community for sure. <laughs> hey, Lars, are you watching any of the playoffs? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm locked in. I, I, as an observer, I just feel like September and then October are, are almost a different sport. As you went down the stretch, especially in the hunt in 2022 and the, the couple of postseason games, did it feel different, and if so, how? Uh, yeah, de- yeah, you, no, you're, you're definitely right. And, uh, you know, when you're, when you're leading down in September, it, it's almost like you're playing for it, you know, but then, you know, last year, obviously, we won the division and we had some time off, and it's weird, man. Once you once you clinch that division, your your spot's pretty much set in, in the in the National League. You're kind of playing the, that next week or ten days or whatever it is, just to line yourself up perfectly for that October. And then, you know, like we've seen, you know, this year and also last year with us, like all hands are on deck, any game possible. Um, you know, there is no off days or down for a bullpen arm or anything like that. And so it's it, it's just intense. Uh, you know. Just win the the moment, win the pitch, win this, win now, as opposed to winning the 162. So the mentality changes as a team, and the mentality changes, I think, as a coaching staff too. And so, um, you know, it's bizarre, but that's what's great about sports is that um, you know the 162 is great and all, but then once you come into the playoffs, the lights are on. That's when it really matters. Lars, are you going to take over being the commissioner of the fantasy football league? I heard Adam Wainwright chirping you on the broadcast last night a little bit about it. Yeah, I know. Kind of a low blow by Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> what, what he what he failed to mention was that I was I was the highest scorer of the week this past week on fantasy football. So I thought it would be a good time for me to text Wayne. But uh, unfortunately, uh, he still decided to, to say that about me. And no, I, I, I do not. I do not think I'll be taking over the commissioner role. I think somebody more responsible. Um, like Goldie or, or somebody like that should probably take it over. They should, probably shouldn't leave it in my hand. Yeah, especially if you're a commissioner of a league where Tommy Pham is one of the players. No, 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 no. That's a different one. That's a different one. That's I know. You just don't want to be that commissioner. So, uh, hey, Lars, before we let you go, make a case for me for your USC Trojans to be in the college pl- uh, football playoff, one of the final four. Why can they be? I, hey, listen. They're, they're, they're defensive. They're, they're front four. They're front seven. You know, they have, like, the most tackles for loss in, in the country. They have a lot of QB pressures, QB sacks. So the front seven, listen, I'm not going to deny that, that that secondary on the defense isn't, isn't the greatest probably in the nation. But what I will say is Caleb Williams might be the best college quarterback I've ever seen. He's really good. And, yeah. And that's coming from a two-time All-State quarterback you know right here right here himself and so and so uh but no i mean he he is true i mean honestly i don't know how many losses we have if we have you know a normal Heisman winning quarterback on our team like i think he's that good and so um you know as soon as as soon as we we you know figure out that secondary i think we got the greatest quarterback in the past like decade you know leading us and you know we all know in college football how important that is so uh, we'll see. I mean, we got a couple weeks. Obviously, we got. I think we got Notre Dame this upcoming week, so that's gonna be tough. But um, yeah, man, the Trojans. A good time to be a Trojans fan for sure. And do you think 
because I, I truly believe this, with NIL and the money from NIL, that city cares so much about that college program. I think USC is the scariest program in the country because of the, the people that actually work in the name, image, and likeness industry liking as much football as they do there. Yeah, no, it, for sure. And, and being as, as like, res, you know, I guess, like, resourceful as USC can be with this NIL, it is an advantage. And what's crazy is that, you know, a guy like Caleb Williams is making three, four million dollars a year. I know he came out and said in that GQ article that he would stay if, if the situation isn't right. But um, I think it's going to be good for the sport in general because you're going to have guys that aren't feeling pressure of leaving early because they're making so much money in, in college football. And I think the product, you know, is only going to benefit. And it's going to make people that, you know, are kind of iffy about going be financially stable for a little bit and, and do kind of what they want, what their heart desires. And so, um, yeah, I mean, but as for USC, I'm I'm happy we got him and and Bronny James, who are two of the most highly paid athletes in, in all of college sports on one campus, which is pretty good. That's pretty cool. Hey, we are proud members of uh, the the group that Brooks started. We're the Nutty Neuters of Newt Nation. Yes, <laughs> president and CEO right here, and the fan I base continues that, to grow. <laughs> thank you so much, Lars. Absolutely, thank you guys. Have a great day and uh, safe travels to Japan. Thank you. I appreciate it. Take care. That's Lars Newtbar with us on 101 ESPN.